Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. Today, Pastor Russell begins a new sermon series entitled, Follow Me. For part one of this series, Russell describes what it means to follow Jesus as we leave everything else behind for His grace and become a kingdom person. We hope you enjoy today's message. Lord God, I thank you for an opportunity just to gather with the body of Christ, uh, to be together in one place, to sing with one heart and one voice, to worship you as God our King. And now, Lord, as we open your word, we just ask that your spirit would come and that you would be our teacher this evening. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're in Matthew chapter 4. We're starting the series called Follow Me, which is the words of Jesus, which we'll read in just a minute. But before we dive in, let me kind of set the stage for you. So this is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. And so he has just gone into the desert. He's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He's been tempted by the devil. And then he got refreshed by uh, angels who came and ministered to him. And then he went into the region of Galilee. And if you're not familiar with where Galilee is, it's in the northern part of Israel. There's a little place called the Sea of Galilee. And uh, Jesus did a lot of ministry there. So he's fasted 40 days, 40 nights, gone to Galilee. And here we pick up in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. It says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them as well. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, I think this is a a really interesting passage, and I'm really excited to explore it with you tonight. And so as we dive in, I just want to point out a couple of things to us. First of all, if we're going to follow Jesus and follow him seriously, then you and I need to leave everything else behind. You and I need to leave everything else behind. Notice that's exactly what these disciples did. Now, I think this whole scene is really, really interesting because from my point of view, I I read this and it's like, well, Jesus is walking along and then compelled by the Holy Spirit, he sees two guys and he's like, well, I'm going to call them to be my disciples. And so he calls to them, and they're really compelled by the Holy Spirit, and so they just kind of drop everything. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll follow you. We've never met you before, but, but we'll follow. Uh, but reality is, this scene is much, much different. So if we flip over to the Gospel of John and look in chapter 1, we find that Andrew, who was Peter's brother, was actually a disciple of John the Baptist. And so uh, John the Baptist, if you're not familiar, uh, came before Jesus, and he was his cousin. And he was the one who prepared the way for Jesus. And he talked about the Messiah, the anointed one who would come after. And so he preached a lot of repentance. And he, he baptized people in the Jordan River as a sign of their repentance. That's why we call him John the Baptist. And so Andrew was one of the guys that followed John the Baptist all around. And when Jesus began to start his ministry, John pointed out 
to his disciples says, there goes the Lamb of God. That's the Messiah. That's the anointed one. And Andrew was one of the guys standing there when he said those words. So Andrew immediately goes and he grabs his brother Peter and he brings him and says, hey, we found the anointed one. We found the Messiah. Come and meet him. And so uh, John talks about how they go and they have this interaction with Jesus. And then you can, we kind of put all the pieces together. They go back and do their fishing thing. And Jesus goes off and does his fast in the desert. And so then we come to this passage. So Peter and Andrew were very familiar with who Jesus was. Jesus was familiar with who they were. And through uh, his time of fasting and prayer in the desert, the Lord revealed that those two guys would be his disciples. Now, again, I still think this story is really interesting because when he goes to Peter and Andrew and says, hey, I want you guys to follow me, they don't really know what they're saying yes to. Because in, in their minds, the Messiah is the one who's going to come and restore Israel to the glory of the days of King David, right? And so they're going to be a part of uh, this revolution where Jesus is going to come and overthrow the Roman government who's ruling at that time. And they're going to be like the right-hand men. And so when, when Jesus comes and he's on his throne, they're going to be sitting at his right hand and his left hand and be eating at his table and be like David's mighty men who are written about in the Old Testament. It's like, who wouldn't say yes to that, right? Like, I would. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be somebody. And so that's, I believe that's what Peter and Andrew thought they were getting into when they decided to follow Jesus. But what we find in the Gospels is that, that the Lord Jesus had so much more for them than they ever could have imagined. But they never would have known it unless they had left everything behind. So for you and for me, the words are still the same. Come and follow me. But for you and I, we're not leaving a fishing boat in our family, and, and you're not selling your house and going off to the middle of nowhere in Africa. I mean, you could, but I don't believe that's what Lord calls most of us to do. So for you and for me, there's other things that we've got to leave behind. You know, I don't know what it is about our Western culture, but we always feel like we have to prove something, right? Like, if somebody messes with us as a country, like, well, we're going to go and we're going to prove to them who we are, and we're going to flex our mighty muscles, and we're going to be the United States of America. And when somebody offends us personally or challenges us and says, hey, well, you're really not good enough, then we feel this obligation to prove them to be wrong. So, so, so many of us in our life, we, we go after, we have all these great ambitions and all these great goals that we feel like we just have to do and go and accomplish. But it's not out of, it's not out of anything from the Lord. It's out of this idea that we've got to prove ourselves, right? Like maybe your father or your mother, or maybe you had a friend as a kid who said, man, you're never going to amount to anything at all or you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're never going to make it. And so in the back of our minds, maybe we don't even consciously think about it, but we, we say, well, okay, well, I'll show them. I'll prove them wrong. And, and so we strive and we strive and we strive, but for what? See, when we say yes to Jesus, 
miracles happen inside our lives. Like he, he immediately saves us from our eternal damnation in hell, right? Then he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit who is, who is so sweet to us. He's our comforter. He's there when, when we are lost and we are broken. He's the one who ministers to us. He's the one who gives us the gifts of the Spirit that we might go and minister to others. And, and, and oh, by the way, then we're called a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And so it's almost like when we say yes to Jesus... Like the Lord gives us this whole basket full of amazing things that prove his love to us. But, but we, in our Western mind of thought, we say, okay, this is really cool. I'm going to set this right here. Now, what is it that I have to do to prove to you uh, that I'm good enough and I can be accepted and I'm loved? And we forget what all he's already done for us. And so saying yes to Jesus is not this thing where we have to strive and go and, and achieve all of this stuff and prove that we're worthy, but it is receiving what God has already done. It's what we've talked about all night. It's what we sang about. It's being free, being free from all the striving. We don't have to prove anything to anybody. But also, we've got to leave behind some other things too. Some of us, we've got some sin that we just need to leave at the Lord's feet. Right? Like, we've been engaged in the same sin since we were teenagers. Whether it's going out on the, on the weekend and doing things you know you shouldn't do, or if it's uh, maybe the secret habit that nobody knows about that you just continue to engage in. And the Lord's just saying, hey, I can free you from that too. And if you will leave that behind, what I have in store for you, you can never even imagine. I mean, you think about the disciples. They thought they knew what they were getting into when they said yes to Jesus. But what Jesus had in mind was engaging in something much, much greater. They would take the gospel to the nations. Peter would be one who would uh, take the gospel to the Gentiles. He's the first one. And so for you and me, I believe the Lord has so much more in store for us if we will simply leave everything else behind and follow him. You know, um, I don't know how many of you were on social media this week, but there was a really, there was a really great post. Uh, you guys want to go ahead and put that picture up? I don't know if you guys saw Shrek the sheep. Did you guys see this? I thought this was one of the coolest posts uh, I've seen in a long, long time. And I just love this picture. Number one, it's just a, it's a gorgeous picture. But this is Shrek, and he was a sheep, and he wandered away. He left the flock, got lost. I don't know the full story. And so for a long, long time, all he did was carry around all of this extra wool. And I mean, look how puffy he is. I mean, he's just huge. And the story said, and I don't know if it's true or not, but that he was carrying around 60 extra pounds of wool. Now, I, I don't know how many of you have worked out recently and you carried some weight, but it does not take very much weight for it to be a real burden. But you put 60 extra pounds on a little sheep, and, and man, I don't know how the little guy moved. And you think about it, man, what if he would have fallen into water? Like he would have died instantly. He would have drowned. All that wool would have soaked up the water and he'd be gone. But by the grace of God, here he is. And how many of us? 
continue to walk around with things that God has said, hey, I want you to leave this behind. You've been striving after this promotion. You've been striving after this job. And not because I've said so, but because you think you've got to prove something. Or you've been carrying around all this extra weight of sin. You've been carrying around all of this guilt and shame, and you've not been able to get past it. But I'm saying, just leave it right here. Leave it, and I'll free you from it. You'll be free, free indeed. Go ahead, go show the next picture. This is Shrek after he was shaved. Look how tiny he is. But can you imagine how freeing that must have felt for him to be able to shed all of that weight? And that is what the Lord wants to do for you. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Christianity is not about striving. It's not about following rules. It's about receiving what Jesus has already done for you. But I think we notice something else in this little passage. Um, if we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to be serious about following him, then we've got to become a kingdom person. Notice what Jesus says. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. And that's exactly what happened over the next three years. They went through training. They went through boot camp with Jesus. And even at the end of boot camp, they didn't still fully get it. They didn't still fully know. But they were trained in the ways of the kingdom. And so for you and I, we've got to reorient the way we live our lives. So I don't know how many of you have struggled with addiction or um, you know, you've had to quit something and then start doing something else. And I have a confession to make. I have a really bad habit of snacking after dinner. And so Brooke and I will have dinner and we'll be full. We won't need anything else. But then we'll go to the TV and sit on the couch and we'll get a bag of chips and we'll just eat. And we'll just eat and eat and eat and eat until all of the chips are gone. And then after the chips are gone, I get up out of my seat and I say, okay, what in the world's in the pantry that I could continue to eat? It's a really, really bad habit, like really unhealthy. Um, I'd probably be 20 pounds lighter if we just didn't snack after dinner, right? And so I could quit that. And I've done it before, but then I'm bored. And I'm just sitting there in front of the TV, but I don't have anything to do, right? And so when Jesus calls us to leave something, we've got to replace what we have left with kingdom stuff. So for me, i, I got to replace that time where, man, I, I just really feel like I ought to be snacking all the time with something different, whether it's reading a book or doing chores around the house or just spending time in conversation with my wife, right? So you've got to replace the bad habit with a good habit. So when we leave all of the things that Jesus has said, hey, this is not good for you, it's weighing you down, it, it's extra heavy, we've got to go to something, and that's becoming a kingdom person. So for some of us, it's, it's beginning to read the Word. And maybe you started this at, at some time, and, and you got into the Word, and it was good, but then you just got bored with it, and you moved on. Or maybe it's time to replace that music that you play on your radio. It is maybe not necessarily bad, but you ought to replace that with something good and uplifting and something worshipful for Jesus. Or you might, you might spend that time that you would be listening to music in prayer with the Lord. 
And some of you have, have done that, and it's made such a difference in your life. And then for whatever reason, you go back to the bad habits of uh, complaining and making phone calls and just griping about life instead of talking with Jesus. We've got to become kingdom people. And so this also means we have to reorient the way we think. Because again, in, in our minds, like the pastor is the one who does ministry. But what Scripture teaches us is that you guys are the one who do ministry. So you're no longer uh, the person who just uh, goes to work because you're striving to get to the promotion or you're trying to fill up that 401k so one day you can retire and live out your wonderful life and whatever your dream of retirement is. But you're on mission. So you're the pastor in your office. Or you're the pastor in the fast food chain restaurant where you now work. Or you're the pastor in the hospital where you're a nurse at. Or you're the pastor in, in the mechanic shop or in the um, uh, service industry. Like, you're the pastor of that place. The Lord says we're all ministers, we're all priests, and we minister before Him. And so the people that God has placed around you, they hadn't placed you there by accident, Right? Like, he's placed you there because you're to become a kingdom person who is about the things of the kingdom. And so life is no longer about my comfort and my happiness and, and the things that I'm going to strive to do, but it's about Jesus. It's about making him known in whatever place that the Lord puts you in. It's not about getting the next promotion. It's about humbly accepting and being content with where God has placed you in order that you might minister to those around you. We've got to become kingdom people. And becoming is a process, right? Like the disciples were with Jesus for three years and they still didn't get it. So like I, we don't expect to like transform overnight and all of a sudden we're these wonderful kingdom people and thousands are being saved. But it's a process, right? But I do think there's something that's really critical that we have to understand in this passage tonight. Did you notice how the disciples responded when Jesus said, come and follow me. What is the very next word? Immediately. Andrew and Peter, immediately they left their nets. James and John, immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. So here's the deal, church. The time is now. Like God has put us right here at Soto Community Church in this building, in this place, in this time, for a reason. That we might act and we might become the people of God that He's designed us to be. Some of you have been hesitating over following Jesus. He said, come, follow me. I offer you freedom. I offer you life. I, I offer you all of these wonderful things. And, and you're hesitating. And you've, you've heard me preach the same thing over and over. And you're, you're hesitating. You're still living life the exact same way and nothing has changed. That's called having a hard heart. And the outlook is not good for the person who has a hard heart. Others of you, you're, you're sitting on the fence, Right? Like Jesus said, come, follow me, but you're like, eh, I don't know. I, I want to look over the fence. I want to observe what's going on over there. Okay, so, well, maybe I'll straddle the fence a little bit. And, and you're treating Jesus like a genie. 
And he's saying, I, I want my three wishes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Oh, well, that didn't really work. I don't know about this. And you're sitting on the fence, and Jesus says, no, the decision is now. Immediately come and follow me. What I have for you is good. What I have for you is life abundantly. Like, who doesn't want to run to that immediately? What God had is, is good for you. Some of you have been distracted by the things of the world. The Lord has said, come, follow me. And you're like, okay, yeah, but I'm busy. I, I got work to do over here. Either there's things to do on my to-do list. I, I got to get it done. Okay, yeah, follow me. No, well, Jesus, I, you know, you've put all these things in front of me that I just have to get done today. I, I don't, I'll follow you, but not today. And you keep putting him off, and he says, no. Like, I want you right now in this time in this place to follow me with your whole heart. Now is the time. Some of you have been striving after success, and you've been busy trying to prove somebody wrong that you can do what somebody said you can't do. Jesus said, follow me immediately. Some of you are just sitting around mending nets like the disciples were. And you're not really doing anything in life. And Jesus said, come, follow me. And you just kind of looked up and looked back at your nets. And nobody's going to remember you for mending nets. But you will be remembered for engaging in kingdom work. Because when I, when I look back at my life, at the end of my days, I want to be remembered for loving Jesus, for being so passionate about him. don't want to be remembered for all the things I did or the people I met or the places I went, I want to be remembered for loving Jesus. And if we're sitting around spending our own little nets, we won't get there. Finally, some of you are mourning bad decisions that you made a long time ago. And you think, my life is over, my life is ruined. I can't really follow Jesus because of who I used to be. I'm not that person anymore, but Jesus wouldn't want anything to do with me. And, and you're living in regret. And the Lord has said, come and follow me. Because when you become a kingdom person, I use all that junk that you used to do. And I use it for my glory and I use it for my good. And it becomes my story of redemption. And then you get to be part of seeing somebody else redeemed. And there's no time for sitting around and feeling sorry for ourselves. And I don't mean to make light of anything that anybody's been through because many of you have been through really, really difficult things. But the Lord is saying, come and follow me. I have grace for that. I have grace for bad decisions. I have grace for the shame that you feel and, and the guilt that is like a cloud over your life that you can't seem to get out of. If you'll just come and follow me. So church, we need to be like Paul, who in Philippians chapter 3 says, I have forgotten everything in my past so that I might maintain focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and the upward call of God. And some of you today, when Jesus says, come and follow me, you need to be like Paul and said, everything that I knew, everything that I was, I'm going to put in my past. I'm going to put it back there and I'm going to forget about that because I'm going to be solely focused on following Jesus, no matter what the cost is. So the decision to follow Jesus is a daily one for you and for me. Every day it's a choice. Every day it's a choice. And so I want to invite you tonight to respond immediately. 
And as Joey and our band come back up here, we're going to have some prayer partners who are going to be here. And wherever you are in your walk of life, they're here to meet with you. They're here to help you do that exchange like that sheep that we looked at a minute ago. You've got the heavy burden that you feel. And they're here to help you meet with Jesus that that burden might be lifted, that you might walk out of here free. So I'm going to ask uh, Stephen, I'm going to ask uh, Stephen Carroll if you guys would be available for prayer tonight. And I'm going to invite you guys to sing. And I'm going to invite you to respond to Jesus tonight. Like the disciples had an opportunity to respond to Jesus so many years ago. Would you pray with me? Thank you for joining us for Pastor Russell's Follow Me Sermon Series. If you enjoyed today's message, you can subscribe, share with your friends, or visit the HCC website at huddocommunitychurch.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.